0: The following audio is from Fathom Church in downtown Littleton, Colorado. More information about Fathom can be found at fathomchurch.org. Good morning, church. Good morning. Uh, If I haven't met you yet, I'm Kyle Knight. I'm the youth and digital minister. This is hot. Casey, I'm loud. I'm already loud. There you go. Thank you. Um, I'm the Youth and Digital Minister uh, here at Fathom, as well as an elder candidate. Uh, again, Pastor Chris, our lead pastor, is out on sabbatical, so keep praying for him and his wife, Marcy, and Harper as well. Um, we're going to keep going in, the, in our uh, series on the Gospel of Matthew, so go ahead and open up your Bibles. Um, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 15. Open up your, your phones, your apps, all that, or grab a Bible from underneath your uh, chair. That's going to be on page 821. Matthew 15 is where we're going to be this morning. But um, I've got to say, Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, again, make sure on your way out, if you're here, uh, grab a root beer for, for you and the kids um, to share uh, before you leave and go mow the lawn or grill some meat or sit in your chair and rest your eyes. Dads, you know it. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you do, um, whatever dad thing you're doing today, um, we hope that uh, you have a great time and that you're blessed doing it. Um, but because it is Father's Day, I thought I would start off this morning with a few dad jokes. Um, there you go, yeah, because why not? Um, I'm a dad, I love dad jokes. Uh, my wife gave me this uh, dad joke book, so blame her for this. Um, but I just thought I would start off with, with some of those this morning because why not? Um, it is Father's Day. Um, I'm afraid for the calendar, its days are numbered. There you go. That's how it's going to go. That is, that's how it's going to go this morning. That was a good one. Um, I only know 25 letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. If you have to explain it to the person next, just don't. Don't, don't even try. Um what concert costs just forty-five cents? Oh, put them together, Fifty Cent featuring Nickelback, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's a good. <laughs> there you go. Good applause for that one. Uh, this is a classic. I'm on a seafood diet. I seafood and I eat it. Yep, yep. Seafood diet. Um, my wife just told me I'm average. I think she's mean. My wife's right there. Yep. Sorry. I said my New Year's resolution is to use my Velcro wall more, and I'm sticking to it. I'm just kidding. I hate Velcro. It's a total ripoff. Two parter. Yes. And last but not least, what is brown and sticky? A stick. Come on, guys. (laughs) What else would it be? A stick. See, we got, there you go. Might as well just start off today with some of those dad jokes, because it is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Um, Usually, and I'll start off with this, usually uh, as, as a preacher, when you're about to sort of preach a message on a holiday that falls on, on a Sunday, you would love to just preach about that holiday, right You would love to just um, just pick different texts uh, wherever it is in scripture, and sort of uh, kind of go with what that day is, sort of fit it into like a father's Day message, right And uh, we could talk about our, our heavenly fathers, our, our, our heavenly Father, our earthly fathers, and even what it looks like uh, to be a father in this in this world according to scriptures. Um, however, if you're if you're sort of new to, to Fathom Church, that's not really how we do things here um, at Fathom Church. We we preach through the text. We preach through whatever text that we're in. We do this um, what what is called expository preaching. If you didn't know what that is, expository preaching is really when you preach through the Bible, right? You preach through books of the Bible, you pre- chapter by chapter, verse by verse. That's what we do. We don't really usually skip around too much or, or rarely preach what is called topical preaching, uh, really when you kind of get a topic or a series or, or something like that. And um, and therefore you're kind of jumping around different scriptures, finding those scriptures that fit with that topic or or series. We don't really do that here. So because of that, we're just gonna continue in, in the book of Matthew still. And today we're gonna keep plugging along uh, and continue where we left off last week when Justin gave us that, that awesome message last week. But um, a little bit about this section of text in Matthew, okay? Um, if you were here about a month ago, the last time I was actually up here um, in, in May, I think it was uh, preaching on a section in Matthew chapter 14, it was only three verses long that dealt with Jesus healing people. And today on Father's Day, we're going to look at three verses about Jesus healing people, again. Okay, so if you missed my last sermon about a month ago, you're in luck, because I'm just gonna give the exact same sermon. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, I, I am not kidding, though, that we're gonna be looking at three verses in chapter 15 now uh, that deal with Jesus healing People again, but of course, when you go through Scripture, you're always going to find out something new. And this passage is definitely, even though it's the same kind of three verses dealing with Jesus healing people, it's very, very different than what we talked about about a month ago. Like these are different events, different circumstances. So this will not be the same sermon. So you're in luck. Um, I'm only kidding a little bit, though, that this won't necessarily be a Father's Day message. Because even though these three verses that we're gonna cover this morning focus really on Jesus and, and his miracles of, of healing people, and this, this next section that's like what we're expository preaching, this is the next section of Matthew that we're studying, it just so happens that, that after studying these verses, these three verses and going through them over and over and over this past week or two um, with me, I believe that we, we can learn from Jesus here um, that, that we see some of these attribute, attributes and characteristics of our heavenly Father at work with His children. Okay, so so it honestly just sort of worked out um, that what we can see here in these three verses is Jesus sort of taking the role of a father with His children, and hopefully wherever each of us are at um, in our lives right now and in our relationship with our with our heavenly Father, we will. We'll see how much he cares and he loves us in this passage about him performing more miracles and, and healing his people, his, really his children. So we'll go ahead and get to it. Um, we'll, we'll learn a little bit more about Jesus performing miracles during his earthly ministry. So let's go ahead and, and start, open up to chapter, Matthew chapter 15 if you haven't yet, and we're gonna start and go ahead and read. We're just gonna read the three verses and then we'll go through them. We're gonna start at Verse 29. Matthew 15, verse 29. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet and he healed them. So that the crowd wondered, when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. All right, so um, hopefully right off the bat, if you were here um, or if you've been about a month ago, if you've been following this series, you can see some some similarities, but also some differences with these three verses, um, with the, the verses in chapter 14. So let's go ahead and start with this first part. Um, a little context right off the bat, because we have to do, we have to kind of talk about our context where we're at. Right now, we're seeing Jesus sort of in the middle of his earthly ministry, okay? This is kind of right in the middle of his ministry here on earth and healing people and traveling around and, and preaching, all of that stuff. The last few weeks, we've kind of seen Jesus get into it a little bit with the Pharisees. You know, they, they accuse his disciples of, of being unclean. We saw Jesus speak about traditions and really like what's in the heart of a person that truly matters. Um, and then we saw Jesus heal a Canaanite woman's daughter last week after he saw the faith of that woman um, who came to him, kneeling before him and just pleading with him and crying out that he would heal um, her daughter. And now as, as Jesus leaves that area kind of up north that we've seen in the last few weeks, um, he kind of makes his way back down towards the Sea of Galilee. Uh, but this time he's on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Last time I preached a month ago, talking about Jesus healing, he was on the west side. This time he's on the east side, close to a place called Decapolis. Okay, Decapolis meaning 10 cities. In the Greek, deca meaning 10, and polis meaning cities. So this is just a little southeast. To me, that's down here. To you, that's down here of the Sea of Galilee. Um, So Jesus kind of gets to this area and it says he goes up to the mountain and he sat down there. Now, again, if we just moved on from there and moved on to what he did next, we would be missing something, okay? This, this is small, but it's, import, it's an important observation here as we see Jesus walking to the top of a mountain um, or possibly just a big hill to us people from Colorado. It's probably just a big hill. Um, and he sat down there. Super important to not miss this. This is important because of the significance of Jesus going to a high place, away from others, kind of away from distractions. Of course, a crowd formed wherever he was going, but on top of a big hill and sitting down. This is important because this was the posture of a rabbi, of the the teachers back in the day. This This is their posture, what they would take while they were teaching while they were preaching. When a rabbi or teacher was about to teach or preach, they would normally be seated while everyone else around them, around the teacher, would either be be sitting kind of close by or standing up sort of around them. So honestly, it's kind of a little backwards from what we do today, right? Like right now, I'm the only one standing up here, even kind of standing on a stage, looking out to you all seated. and, And this is, most part, like mostly what we see in modern churches, right? The pastor up here is preaching. Whoever's preach up here is usually standing up so they can see everyone. Everyone else is seated um, in front of them. And um, obviously that's not just in churches that we see this. Like we really see this a lot when really anyone is speaking. So in order to see them, uh, people will sit down usually in front of them, uh, but they would be able to to stand kind of above them and teach over them. But back then people would, as, as you might hear it say, like to sit at the feet of Jesus. And um, we see this, uh, an early, uh, early second century rabbi, uh, Jose Ben Yozer, had this to say about the practice of a rabbi sitting down to teach and those around him sitting and gathering like at his feet, um, learning from the feet of the rabbi. He says this, he says, let your house be a meeting place for the rabbis and cover yourselves in the feet of, in the dust of their feet, and drink in their words thirstily. Drink in their words thirstily. Now, again, this might not seem like much of a big deal in this section. Again, of talking about healing, Jesus healing people, but it's very important to understand what Jesus came to do, and it shows what really what type of heavenly father Jesus came to be to his children. You see, this, this, this first verse, Jesus's posture, he takes up on the hill as this crowd begins to, to gather around him, shows that we need to always remember that Jesus came to teach us and not just to heal us, that he came to teach us. So even though these, these three verses are about Jesus healing people, really the subheading in most of your Bibles will say something like Jesus heals many, right? That's, that's kind of the big main point to this. This first verse shows us that in the middle of Jesus's ministry here on earth, he's performing miracles, he's healing people, he's walking on water, he's calming storms, he's doing all of that. He goes to a high place. And he takes the posture of a rabbi, of a teacher. He sits down. He still wants to teach his children. He still understands the importance of guiding his flock. And when it comes to looking um, when it comes to looking at Jesus as our heavenly Father, like we see here, Jesus is always putting teaching his children at a high importance. and for us, like we need to remember that our Father is always teaching us, always wanting to teach us something. our Father teaches us. And you know, in, in, in reading this and in kind of studying this, we see theologians and scholars writing about this um, section in their, in their commentaries, this passage, they kind of refer to this as the second Sermon on the Mount. So if you remember the Sermon on the Mount, um, way back in Matthew, kind of chapter five through chapter seven, um, where Jesus got up on a mountain and he taught about the Beatitudes, he taught about anger, he taught about divorce, loving your enemies, giving to the poor fasting, storing up treasures in heaven, the golden rule, so on and so forth. That was the Sermon on the Mount. And here again, Jesus is taking that posture of a teacher first before he went on to heal them. He sat down to teach and they like to call this section the Healing on the Mount, okay? Which makes sense, the Healing on the Mount because that's what Jesus went up there to do. But, we see here that Jesus probably had something to teach these people first. Our father wants to teach us and we should learn from him. We should be eager to come around him, our teacher and hear what he has to say. And you know, as a, as a dad, um, it's Father's Day, as a dad, I have been, I've got an example. I've been trying to teach my son Um, You know, all the things every dad wants to teach, tries to teach their son to raise, you know, raise up my kids, right? Trying to teach my son how to be a boy, how to have manners. That's a difficult one. Um, How to hit a baseball, how to catch a baseball, how to treat ladies, how to treat everyone, um, how to meet new people. But lately I've been learning that my boy doesn't necessarily want to learn from his dad much, um, or be taught by me, I mean, maybe it's the age he's at, but other parents, I mean, I'm sure you could tell me it's probably not just the age he's at, that he doesn't wanna learn from his dad. Um, he's kind of at that know-it-all stage right now. Um, for example, I even said, I think, when I preached a sermon maybe like last, last year or something, I mentioned that um, back then, my boy was at the, the actually stage, like we had an actually kid um, which was pretty much like anything you said to him, he'd fire back with, well, actually, it's this. Actually, that's not right, it's this. So we had an actually kid back then, but lately now, it's a bit more kind of direct uh, in telling me when I'm trying to teach him that I'm, that I'm wrong. Um, he doesn't really soften the blow with the well, actually stuff anymore. Um, lately, it's pretty much just like, uh, no, dad, it's not that, it's this. So I, I, have, I have a know-it-all kid. Um, and the kicker to this is this usually comes after he's asked me a question about something. <laughs> Parents are laughing because you know what I mean. It's the, it's the, hey dad, like while we're driving, it's a, hey dad, what are those, what are the yellow lines in the road over there? And I'm like, that's, that's a legitimate question. You don't know how to drive yet. Great question, son. Um, those are actually like that separates us going this way from the other side of the road coming this way. So those that double yellow line, we we can't cross. Um, and he quickly fires back with, "No, no, no, no. Those are where the plane lands." Um, I'm like, "No, that's wrong." Um, but also, you asked the question, so you're asking a question wanting to know the answer, but then you're telling me no, because you know the answer already, which is completely wrong. Um, It's like he asks the question, but he doesn't really want to hear the answer, or he really doesn't want to be taught the right answer. He just thinks he knows it. Um, We've all been there. Um, Or when my 18-month-old daughter, no matter what I try to teach her, her favorite word right now is no. Yes, no. It's the in the car again, oh, Caroline, don't tip over your bottle on yourself. You're gonna spill milk all over you. No. <laughs> like, okay. And then I do what every dad does, which I'm learning. The dad stare, I just stare at her in the mirror. She's young, I know, but she gets it. I stare at her. And then I get a more dramatic, no, no. No. So that's her favorite word right now. So she doesn't want to hear it. Um, sometimes my own kids don't like learning from their dad and that's okay. And, but as their dad, it's, it's frustrating when they either don't care what you have to say or they, they think you're wrong no matter what they say or they just yell no at you. Um, and honestly, as a dad, many, many times, I've just, I've wanted to throw in the towel. I to just like, you know what? You're right. Those yellow lines, that's where planes land. Like while we're driving, planes land there, okay? That's fine. Cool, like he, I'm, I'm done. Um, but you see church, like this, this can apply to us right now that sometimes we're like that with our heavenly father. Like sometimes we forget that Jesus just wants us to sit down and he just wants to teach us. He, like he just wants us to learn from him that he actually has so much to teach us and sometimes we don't see that he's taking the posture of a teacher and he's ready to give us wisdom and something that we need we might need to hear and learn and sometimes we feel like we know all the right answers already right sometimes we, we hear it or, or we read what Jesus is trying to teach us and we say, you know, no, that's not right. <laughs> like, I know that's, I know, I know what's right. And I, I know that's, that's wrong. That's not the right way to do it. Like, you're, you're wrong, Jesus. And sometimes we don't wanna hear it, right? We just wanna say no and even yell back at him, no. When we read something that he's trying to teach us and hear this, like sometimes we, we just want to move on to what Jesus can ultimately do for us. And that's kind of what's coming next is we've come to him because like, we just need something. We need something from, from him, what, what he can do from us. And sometimes he just wants, has something to teach us first. He's ready to give us truth and speak truth to us and ready to teach us something important, but we don't like to be taught sometimes. And therefore, we just, we just wanna move on to, to whatever's next, whatever we came to Jesus for. Like, like, thanks Jesus, but I don't really wanna hear that right now. Um, like I actually came to you because I, I, like, I really need you to do this for me. And I'm, re- I'm like, I'm in need right now. I don't, really, I don't wanna hear that. How many times have we said, I don't wanna hear that right now? That's what happens next in this so-called, this healing section of, of these verses, but we miss that Jesus wants to tell us something. Well, but I already, I already know what he's gonna say. I already know the answer he's gonna give me. Like, I don't need you to teach me anything. Jesus, I already know. Like, I actually came to you because I just need you to fix something. Like, we sometimes forget that we have a father who teaches us and wants to teach us and sure he's come to help us as we'll see, he's come to help us. But even before Jesus shows us what he's about to do, he's sitting there saying, I want to teach you everything. Like I have something so good. I want to tell you, will you listen? Are you willing to be taught by me? We have a father that is ready to teach us, but are we ready to hear what he has to say? Or do we just want him to do something else? So Jesus goes on top of this mountain and he sits down there. He wants to teach these people. He's a father who teaches us. And now here in Matthew, so it moves on pretty quickly in these verses. Like it doesn't really tell us, um, tell us what Jesus could have taught this crowd. But as we'll see here in a little bit, like we learn a little bit more about this event and other gospel accounts. And um, from what theologians have, have like researched about this, um, event in Jesus's ministry, again, like right in the middle of his ministry, we hear that this whole kind of event that sort of bleeds into what's coming next here in Matthew as well, this whole thing lasts about three days. He's on this this hill, this mountain for up to three days, meaning that sure, like Jesus went up to this mountain and sat down there to teach the crowd and do miraculous things for them. And it all lasted three days. And sure, like Jesus could have been healing people for three straight days. Yeah, like totally, like he, he, could, he could do that. Um, but the fact that this passage, that Matthew made sure to start this event with Jesus sitting down and taking the posture of a teacher first, we can assume that Jesus wasn't just doing healing up there on that mountain for three days. Like Jesus was a teacher, and a father who wants to teach his children so badly. And so he was teaching everywhere he went. We know this, that our father teaches us. Let's go ahead and keep going in Matthew 15. And he went up on the mountain and he sat down there, verse 30, and great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others and they put them at his feet, and he healed them. So, uh, just like back in chapter fourteen, when we read um, about when Jesus showed up, and the crowds just brought everyone who was in need um, to Jesus for some sort of healing. We see that here as well in verse thirty that a great crowd came around him and was bringing everyone in need. Again, they knew who this guy was at this point. They knew what he did, and they and they trusted that, and they had faith in that and here we specifically see examples of some of the healing that 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 needed that was needed from Jesus. And Matthew gives us some of those examples of the crowds bringing the lame, bringing the blind, bringing the crippled and the mute and many many others and putting them at his feet. Laying them down at the feet of the Messiah, the one who came to heal and Now there's something very important that we need to know here about like how Matthew wrote this and Um, As the huge crowd is is bringing these people that needed healing, laying them down at Jesus's feet, it says the next four words are, and he healed them. There was no delay. There's no other response from Jesus. There was no pushback from Jesus. There was no look of disgust on Jesus's face. There was no waiting list. There was no, oh, take a number. There was no, I'm too busy right now. Can you come back again when I don't have a huge crowd around me and all these people? It says, as many that were brought to him and laid at his feet, he healed them, period. So the second point I want to make here is as as we can see some of the characteristics of our heavenly father at work in these verses, we see not only does our father want to teach us and we need to sit down and hear what he has to say. We see that when we are in need, our father is approachable. Like there's there's no pushback from Jesus here. Like even with the sides, sides of the crowd that, that, that were always gathered around him, like Jesus never pushes them, them away. And like, we even see this from the disciples sometimes, like scattered all throughout Matthew and, and the gospels. Like they're the ones that are like, uh, no, send that person away, Jesus. Like that's that person is too crazy. We're like, whoa, like chill. This is this, chill out, everyone. This 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 crowd is too crazy. Let's just let's just send them home. Those are what the disciples were saying. Like they were the ones that were a little bit like, uh, we probably shouldn't. And no matter what is what it is that was ailing these people, no matter what sickness. Or disease that was just ravishing their their bodies, no matter how much these people were probably isolated and pushed away from society, their families, their friends, where they lived, they can approach Jesus in their time of need. And they never felt like the Messiah is too much above them to be accepted by him. Jesus is approachable. You know, if um, if you know my wife Jackie, um, you know that she is one of the most intimidating people you've ever met. And if you know my wife Jackie, you know that's a complete lie because she is um, she is not. Uh, my wife just has this knack of being like the easiest, one of the easiest people to approach and talk to. If you know her, um, it's just who she is. I don't get it. Uh, it's evident, it's really evident here at church. Like if, if you see her in the hallway, if you see her at the front, she's just kind of got this vibe about her. And I know I'm talking a lot about her and she's probably super embarrassed, but I told her I was going to. So I, I prepped her, I just didn't tell her what. Um, which that's what, a good, that's what a good pastor does. Um, maybe like, I just feel like maybe it's like her smile or something, her positive attitude all the time. Um, but she gives off, off this vibe that you could always just just talk to her. Uh, we, we always kind of joke about this when we're together that it's like, it's kind of hard to really go out any, anywhere with her without her like making a connection with someone, um, like just smiling at someone or like them smiling back and like starting up a conversation with them out of the blue, like even complete strangers. It happens all the time. Um, for real, like we, like we joke because especially with kids, she kind of gives off this this vibe about her that just makes her so approachable. Like kids just feel comfortable smiling at her and waving to her and they're just like drawn to her. It must be like a kindergarten teacher sort of thing, but um, like we could be at a place like Disney World where we just were like a couple months ago and like kids would be walking by and smiling at her and like waving to her. We would be like in line for a ride and a kid would just sort of like turn around and smile and just start up a conversation with her. And I'm like, kid, like Mickey Mouse is right behind you. Look where you are. Okay, and did you want to talk to my wife? That's fine. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy because I don't give off that vibe. At least I don't think so. Um, I give off more of a, like, I'm just here kind of vibe and <laughs> that's sort of it. Uh, But my wife is just so approachable and comfortable uh, uh, to people. And I know I I joke about it a lot, but it's awesome. And it's awesome that that people feel like she's a safe person to go to. Like they could just walk right up to her and start talking um, to her. They feel like they could have a deep conversation with her like right away. It's just awesome to see how approachable she is. Um, Now transitioning from my wife to Jesus, okay? I know it's a weird transition. Um, I'm not saying my wife is Jesus, uh, these people in Matthew, these people just bring everyone right to Jesus's feet and he accepts them as they are. He's open to them. He's inviting Like I can just, I can picture Jesus just with this huge smile on his face as all these people are coming to him. No, no qualifications. No, like Jesus has got this list of who can come and who can't like, oh, well, not not you, not today. No need to feel any shame or discomfort. Like Jesus is approachable. Like Jesus isn't just like some celebrity who feels like he's above everyone else and we can come to him just as we are and lay down at his feet and, and he takes us. We not only have a father who wants to teach us things, we also have a father who is approachable no matter what we've got going on, no matter what we need to bring to him. You've got stuff in your life that you feel just is too too bad or too big to bring to Jesus. Like you think whatever you have going on, like isn't going to be accepted By him, um, like he's not just gonna invite you to like lay it down at his feet, like to come to him. Are you just too scared to bring these things to him because you feel like, man, I'm gonna be judged by my father. He's not gonna accept you for your your, your sickness or your pain. He might just reject you. Church, Jesus is sitting right there in front of you with arms open wide, just waiting for you to come to his feet and bring whatever you have going on to him? Like, do you feel like you can? Like, we don't have to go through all these other avenues to, to get to him. Like he's saying, I'm here, come to me, come right up to me, sit down with me. We serve a God who is approachable, who we can come to, who has made himself available to our needs. And that's my my next point is not only is our father approachable, our father meets our needs. He meets our needs. He meets our sicknesses. He takes away our pain. He heals us. He meets us wherever we're in need. And all he's asking for you is, is to come to him. We have a father who's approachable, a father you should feel comfortable going to. And let's not forget that once we do go to him, we have a father who there is nothing too big or too great for him to deal with. A father who can handle and will handle all of your sickness, all of your pain, all of your shame and your guilt, your anxiety and depression, your hurt, all of your needs, there's nothing too big for him. Bring it all to him, cry out to him. He hears those cries and he meets you wherever you're at. Like you don't need to get to a different place in order to approach him and sit at his feet. I feel like this in just a fraction of the sense, um, like when I'm at work and my wife will text me like a video of my daughter or just tell me that you know she's, she's had a bad day um, she's been having a bad day. She fell down, she scraped her knee and all she can say is my daddy, my daddy, I want my daddy. So like my wife will just send me a video of her just in tears, just saying my daddy, my daddy, she's had such a hard day. And man, that is something that I would leave in a heartbeat wherever I'm at to race my car home, get get as fast as I, get home as fast as I can. And um, when I get home, usually I come through, come through the front door and I just see her um, just with tears down her face, running to me with that awkward 18-month-old walk that's like, which way is she gonna go? Um, But just tears and just in her eyes, just say, my daddy, my daddy. And I just scoop her up in my arms and I just hold her tight. You know, I I I don't necessarily know exactly like what she needs at that point, but I know she needs her dad. I mean, there's not much I can do about like a scraped knee. I, I can put a Band-Aid on it, but like, I can't, I can't heal her knee. Like, I'm not, I'm not a miracle worker. I like, I so wish I could. I wish I could just take that away from her, take away any scrapes or bruises she gets, make all the tears go away instantly. I wish I could do that, but I can't. But Jesus can, and he did. And he continues to do that. They put him at his feet and he healed them so that the crowds wondered when they saw the mute speaking and the crippled healthy and the lame walking and the blind seeing. Jesus was that miracle worker. Jesus is that miracle worker. They came running to him with tears in their eyes, hurting in pain, and he healed them, period. He scooped them up in his arms. He made the mute speak. He made the cripple healthy again. He made the lame walk again that probably jumped for joy as they like ran out of there. He made the blind see. What's really cool about this event, um, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, is that we also see this event sort of mirrored in the other gospels. And, And Mark In Mark's gospel as well, which is really specific, but unlike in Matthew's gospel here, Mark actually makes it a point to to point out a specific healing, a specific time that Jesus took someone in and healed them and to kind of go into more detail uh, to show Jesus meeting someone's needs in a powerful, powerful way, in a miraculous way. And uh, here's here's the same event, and I'll put it up on the screen so you can see it in Matthew um, chapter 7. It says, and they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment and they begged him to lay his hand on him and taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears and after spitting, he touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is be open." And his ears were opened, his tongue was released and he spoke plainly. Our father meets our needs. Like these people had needs. They needed to be healed. They needed to see again. They needed to walk. They needed to jump and sing for joy. And Jesus met them right where they were and took care of their needs, Period. We have a father who's ready to teach us what we need to know. We have a father who is so easily approachable with anything that we have to lay at his feet. We have a father who meets every single need we have, no matter of how great that need is. And really, as we sort of apply this, like church, like what should our response to this be? Like how should we respond to our father with all of this. Like he's saying, okay, listen to my teachings. Sure, sure, Jesus, like, like teach me. Like I, I want to know your ways. I want to learn from you. I want to dive into your word and store it up in, in my heart. I want to know more and more about you. i want to go deeper and deeper with you. You say, okay, come to me. Okay, Jesus, like I'm going to bring you all of my junk. Here it is, I'm finally willing to give it to you. Like, I'm gonna lay it at your feet. I'm trying to approach the throne and just give these things to you. Please take them from me. Okay, now let me meet you where you are. Like, let me heal these things. Okay, Jesus, this is me. Like, this is where I'm at. This is what I need help with. Please help me, Father. And then our response, (coughs) just like the crowd that Jesus was teaching and healing needs to be what? Praise, praise. It says the crowd wondered when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy and the lame walking and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. You see miracles, okay, miracles were intended to always point us to glorifying our father in heaven. That's, that was, that's a purpose of a miracle. That's what the purpose of a miracle is, to point everyone to Jesus and to glorify our father in heaven. When Jesus performed miracle after miracle, he was pointing the way to, so everybody can glorify his father in heaven. These miracles that Jesus performed needed to point everyone to God. And this is what these people did. This was their response to that. So our response needs to be to praising God for what he has done. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it that some of the people in that crowd of, of thousands or hundreds of thousands, that for those three days that are being healed by Jesus, I'm sure some of them got their healing and left. I'm, I'm sure of it. Got what they needed from Jesus and just went away. And I think that's what we do sometimes too is we believe we have a father that is approachable, that meets our needs, and we go to him with our needs and he meets them and even exceeds them. And then we just turn around and leave. We got what we wanted. And so so we're done, we're out of here. I think sometimes we forget that our response needs to be what our response needs to be after we have an encounter with our heavenly father. And I'm so glad that Matthew tagged that onto this. They glorified the God of Israel. And so, church, I mean, maybe this, maybe this Father's Day really isn't a, a big deal for you. And, you know, we say this, we say this all the time. We say this with Mother's Day too. And that like this, we understand, we like we get it that this could be a, a great day for you. This could also be one of the worst days for some people. Like, like we, we, we get that depending on your situation with your your earthly father, but praise God that we have a heavenly father that is willing to take the time to sit down and teach us his word and his truth. A heavenly father that is always waiting with open arms, ready for us to just fall at his feet, accepting us just the way we are And praise God for a heavenly father that meets us right where we're at. There's nothing too big that he can't handle and he heals all of our hurts and our pains even today. A heavenly father that deserves our praise. So let us go to him. Let us learn from him. Let us be healed by him and let us praise him. So will you pray with me, church? Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a father who has so much to teach us. God, we thank you for, for being a father who has so much to teach us even when we don't wanna be taught, even we don't care what you're trying to teach us that you just continue to, to give us our your wisdom and your truth. God, we thank you for being a father who is just there, so approachable, ready for us to run to you, God, that you don't have a waiting list for us, that we don't need to meet certain qualifications, God, to get to you, that you are there smiling with your arms open wide, just waiting for us to run to you. And God, we thank you for meeting us where we're at with our needs. God, we have so many things that we just need to lay at your feet. God, I pray that now as we're as we're sitting here, as we're hearing these words, God, we hear this the scripture of Jesus, what you did that day and continue to do in our lives. God, I pray that all of the needs we have that we've been holding on to, that we could just lay them at your feet. Not hold on to them anymore, not think that they're too big for you to handle. How we thank you that you just Meet us where we're at. God, I just pray that we can give you those, whatever hurt, whatever pain, whatever we're going through, God, that we just need your healing. I pray that we just lay it at your feet this morning, God, that we can just give that up to you, knowing and having faith that you take it and you heal us. And God, and I pray that our response to you will be praise always. That we will see your miracles done in our lives and that we will respond with praising our father in heaven, glorifying you. Jesus, we thank you so much for this time and we pray these things in your name, amen.